Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Stephanie Cox. She is a trailblazing leader, highly regarded in the tech community for her thought leadership on mobile marketing and is the VP of sales and marketing at Lumivate. She is also a um, podcast host, a skilled public speaker, mentor, and adoption advocate. On her weekly podcast, Mobile Matters, she has deftly interviewed marketing leaders from Google, Microsoft, Simon Property Group, Aetna, AT&T, and Lowe's. She has an MBA from Indiana University and a bachelor's degree in advertising and PR, English, and political science from Franklin College. Stephanie, thanks for being on the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, um, sweating after that, like, dialogue of going, like, and this, and this, and this. Um, But no, good. Like, uh, just going on with what's going on with COVID, what's going on with the world, with the United States, is kind of nice to um, connect with people over coffee, if we're drinking it right now or not. So, um, and I appreciate for you to reach out, because I know you were talking about mobile marketing, and I reached out on LinkedIn. I was like, you know what, let's get some one from a different perspective. Um, And I haven't had anybody that has really talked about in depth more of mobile marketing, especially with um, big players as Mm -hmm. Google, you know, and another podcast host. So um, we can we can obviously learn from something around here with this episode. But I think my first question is, um, you know, with Lumivate, um, and where you started, what kind of are the lessons that you have learned um, initially when you started the, the job? And then especially with 2020 hitting with everything? Yeah, it's been an interesting year for the whole world, I think. So if I think back, I've been at Lumivate for over three years now. And one of the things that really attracted me to it is I love jobs where I've done like 70% of the work and there's 30% that I haven't ever done. It really pushes and stretches me because as you could probably tell from my bio, I am a type A personality overachiever. So I like to work hard and I like to just do all of hard things. So what I think has been really fun over the last three years that I've been here is really not just seeing our product evolve and our customers, but more importantly, the market. So, you know, three years ago, we were talking about progressive web apps. They were about a year old. They were Google-based technology that came out and it's been adopted by Microsoft and Apple to now where, you know, back then I didn't hear if I said a progressive web app, people were like, a what? You know, even at large organizations, they didn't know what I was talking about. And now, you know, 60 to 70% of people have heard of it before. They've likely used one before. You've also seen this growth of low-code, no-code development platforms. So the idea of building a mobile app, I have a decade of native mobile app experience, and I always joke and say, if you've ever built a native app, you probably have like the war wounds to prove it because you've been rejected by the app store for like no apparent reason. You've you know struggled with really random bug fixes. We've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and had very little adoption and engagement. And, you know, that was how it used to do it for the last 10 years. And now this whole mode of, well, you don't necessarily need to know how to code to build an app. That sounded crazy three years ago. And today, that's what marketers are actually realizing they can do. And so it's been really fun to, like, see not just our company grow and shift, but the market grow and shift and how, you know, you go from maybe evangelizing a concept to, I don't have to explain PWAs to people anymore. They know what they are. Now they're talking to me more about their problems and their use cases. So it's been really fun to watch a shift from like education to more value-based like proposition, marketing and selling. 
I like that. And I've seen the same thing too. I was with a mobile company about three or four years ago. And that was a big thing was um, we switched from Amazon web services right when that one coder like did that like little bit of code and then messed up Amazon web services for everybody. Yep. And then we switched over to Google and then with, with the speed with progressive um, web apps and everything, it kind of worked out. Um, That was just kind of the final straw with, with Amazon web services, nothing against that, but it is what it is. Um, And so I liked how you kind of, you, you, talked about the story of three years ago and how fast marketing is going, especially with mobile um, these days and understanding how big companies are making the shift and everything. Um, I want to know more about, you know, the lessons learned from guests on mobile matters, your podcast Mm -hmm. with Lumivative, you know, how are leaders, um, what, what are, what are they seeing the shift and where are they seeing it go to? Yeah. So what's really fascinating and we've been blessed to have a lot of big names on the show is, you know, most people that are successful in either a tech role or in a marketing leadership role at a large company tend to be innovators. They tend to be people that push the boundaries of what's possible. And I think what they do with that is not focus on like, you know, how can I make something better, but how can I flip the script completely? How can I think about this in a totally different way? And how can I do that quickly? And so I think one of the things that's been really impactful as we've, you know, talked to all of these senior leaders at a variety of these well-known brands is they can always tell me one or two stories of something that was super instrumental in their career or in their current role. So I think back to like the CMO at MGM Resorts, Lillian Tomovich, who is a complete rock star. But one of the things that I loved about her one is, you know, great highlighting a female leader, but more importantly, when she talks about what was impactful, she talks about how they changed the brand at MGM. And that wasn't just about changing the logo and the font and the color and all this stuff. It was really about kind of creating this tier of what they wanted to be known for. And then how did they take that and actually implement that with all of their employees? So all of their employees act a certain way. You get the same type of experience, no matter who you talk to. And really making that what they're known for and partnering with like HR as an example to make that possible and trying to do that fairly rapidly. And so this whole idea of they call it welcome to the show concept, um, I just thought was super brilliant because how many marketers go, I'm going to not just do something for my brand and update my you know, logo or my messaging. I'm going to actually like fundamentally change how every single person interacts with us and I'm going to partner with HR to do it. And so those, I think, are like the types of things that have been super helpful and impactful as you listen to like guests that I've had on my show. Another example is I had on one of the lead developers for um, Progressive Web Apps over at Microsoft, Jeff Bertoff, and he talks about the story of how Progressive Web Apps came to be. So, right. And it's not, oh, I had this great idea. It is. Him and Alex Russell had a converse, who's the father of progressive web apps and is really known for naming them, had a, what was maybe like an argument or dis- disagreement after a conference in London. They went to a bar to talk more and they literally over beers sketched out what has become a fundamental change in technology for all of these brands and really how we think about engaging with companies and consumers on mobile devices. And to me, like that's not this, you know, well thought out, like, oh, I was going to try and solve this problem. And I had all these brainstorm sessions. It was based on a conversation. And we have a new technology based on napkin. And I think that to me has been, you know, you don't have to always think about what you're going to do and have this really well thought out plan. Sometimes you need to figure out 
what's the problem I'm trying to solve? How can I solve it? Who can help me solve it? And how quickly can I do it? And if, back to our point around COVID earlier, I think in the past, you know, when you look at enterprise organizations, one of the things that they've done is, you know, well, here's my roadmap for the next two to three years on digital. And there's so many things that brands couldn't do on digital. <laughs> and it was going to take so long. And then we have seen so much change and so much acceleration of that in the last three to four months than we have probably in the last five to 10 years. And companies who used to say things were super hard and there's no way we could do that. There's no way we could sell online. That's like a five-year project are spinning up e-commerce sites in 30 days or less. They're offering you know, online ordering for takeout food where they never would have thought of that even being possible. And so I think you're going to continue to see that shift. And, and the winners in the market are going to be the ones that continue to accelerate and continue to use this as a springboard for accelerating other digital efforts. Because as much as we all want the world to go back to normal and have life like it was you know, before COVID, I think what we can't take for granted is consumer behavior has changed. And so many more people are going to like, why would I go to the grocery store anymore if I can just have my groceries delivered? So. Exactly. Well, there's two things that you pointed out was um, how progressive web apps were started with a napkin. I think all the great ideas or the quote is all great ideas are all great song lyrics start on a napkin. Yep. Um, that's usually what happens. Um, the other thing you mentioned was um, delivery of everything to people's mm -hmm. houses. And it's becoming more, instead of having centralized where you would go down to your mo old mom and pop grocery store and communities were built around that, especially in Europe where they're still built around yeah. that, that more so these days, it's built more on a decentralized structure mm -hmm. where if you can build out logistics hubs and everything else, how can you, you know, build that out and, and connect with people. And the easiest way to connect with people is progressive web apps mm -hmm. um, with things that are easy because I mean, their central, their centralization is their phone, but yep. the structure is so decentralized. So going to the last question and kind of sum it yeah. all together, because you, you hit upon this and it's a tagline at Lumivate is empowering mm -hmm. marketers to build apps fast with no code required. And I thought that was interesting mm -hmm. in the sense that you are helping bridge the bridge that gap with empowering marketers of who used to do web and possibly mm -hmm. some app, um, but probably not progressive web app. I think there's a lot of, even with the huge platforms out there with Google and Facebook and even Amazon now, where they're building out more um, app um, integrations with mm -hmm. things, make things a lot easier. Um, I think the, the the biggest thing is, is the no code um, option, yeah. because I think a lot of people um, kind of get confused. There's a world between development world and there's a world between, um, there's obviously a world with um, creative and design, but there's also another world with advertising where you mm -hmm. can talk to a, a developer and say, you know, can you put this pixelation here and I want to do this? And they're glazing over like, I don't understand that. I understand how to build this, this, and this. So, you know, my first question is, you should know, how how, how do you bridge that gap? You know, what, what have you seen? And the second thing is, how has communication been different? I don't know if better, but different in the sense of you're putting more of the reliability on the marketer rather than the developer. Yeah. So I always joke about this, but I find the best marketers are the ones that ask for forgiveness rather than permission, especially at large organizations. They're the ones that get things done. And marketing and IT tend to have like this adversarial relationship, right? Marketing cares a lot about things like you just said, like getting a pixel on a website and a developer's like, I don't understand. 
<laughs> or like I really like the hex codes off by two digits. That's not a big deal. I can't even see the difference. Well, I can, right? So there's always been this, you know, kind of balance. And I think, you know, if I look back over my career, I've I've been the one too that's challenged IT. Why can't you go fast enough? Has complained about them. Um, but part of the reason is because they also have all these other responsibilities, like the help desk, <laughs> like keeping your ERP up and running, like just keeping the internet and networking, security, all that stuff that is not important to necessarily like my job and my role, but is important for the business. And so, you know, they don't necessarily see my project as their top priority. And that's why you have a lot of marketers that have been guilty of like shadow IT. I know I have in the past. And really what we've been trying to do at Lumivate is bring them together. And what I mean by that is we, we say it's kind of like, you know, we're that whole get along shirt. So if you were ever had a sibling close in age and got in trouble for fighting, like my mom used to put one of my stepdad's shirts on us, the two of us, and we'd be like kind of stuck together for a while when we were little. And that's kind of what we're doing with marketing IT. And part of the reason is marketers need to be able to move fast. They need to move at the speed of the business, which means sometimes I need to have an idea in a morning session on a brainstorm and be able to launch it later that day. I can't wait six to eight weeks for a developer to help me. And, you know, that's kind of been the world before, especially with native mobile apps, you would wait six to eight weeks for a developer to get it done. Once you got in the queue, which who knows how long that was going to take, then you'd have to submit it to the app store for approval. And it was just waiting games. So you had to be really planned out. We don't expect that anymore. Consumers don't tolerate that anymore. You have to move fast. And this whole idea of giving marketers the flexibility to do that is so important. The idea that you can, just like with anything, I can spin up Google ads today and take them down in two hours if I want to. I can post to social media and, you know, as many times as I want have it instantaneously available. I can make updates to my website and change my, you know, the entire messaging on it rapidly. But why can't I do that on mobile? And that's really what we're trying to solve for is, if anything, you should be able to move faster on mobile. That's what people are on all the time. It's where they expect more instantaneous information. And what we're trying to do is say, marketers, you want to build beautiful, highly complex apps. Awesome. How do we make that easy for you to do? And that's really what we've done is we've kind of taken all of the hard parts out of it, which is all the coding, and we've made it digestible. So I like to think of it as like Lego blocks. So you have a lot of different Lego blocks and different shapes and sizes and colors, and you can put them together a lot of different ways to create something. And that's really what we're doing. So it's not that we are taking code completely out of the equation, right? Our developers of our platform are coding, you know, a button and like different iterations of that button and then exposing all of these properties so you can style that button however you want. And what that does is allows you to say like, okay, now I have a button and now I have text and I have an image carousel or I have an interactive image where I can lay down points on it and have different callouts, you know, populate making all of that available and making it reusable. So it's built one time and that just happens to be by our platform. And now you can use it in 25 different ways for totally different use cases. So that's really what we're doing. But we're also, you know, I think to make IT happy and part of the reason why a lot of organizations like working with us is we have a development mind architecture. So we're using some of the, the latest technologies like microservices, Docker containers that really speak to how IT wants to build infrastructure moving forward. So I think that is really appealing. And then we also, if you want, we are technically a low code platform, which means you can build apps with absolutely not a single line of code required. 
but you also can bring in your own code if you want. So if you want to extend the functionality, you're able to do that. And we allow you to do that in any language of your choice. So we're not even specific about what that is. So our, our whole entire architecture, you can use stuff that is built in Google Go with Python and the same app and have it work flawlessly together, which is kind of mind boggling if you think about how we used to do it in the past. Oh, yeah, I do remember. <laughs> um, you, you hit on something. I'm going to stop drilling you with questions yeah. um, on specific stuff, more of like an offline background. And, and you you mentioned this with um, a development mind helping, you know, business customers. I really like that because I think um, a lot of people, they just see like the, the your tagline and seeing, you know, oh, mobile apps, no code required. But I think that's a little bit more um, intentional with the development mind as well as um, you have to move as fast as your customers. And if you're not moving as fast as your customers or staying ahead of the game, you're going to, you're going to trail behind. Yep. So is there um, something that's not on your website or probably a conversation that you probably um, had with one of your clients or whatever that would depict that, that development mind where when they went in, they're like, Oh, I understand this. This is how we bridge the gap between IT and marketing. And they wanted to get ahead of the game. Yeah. So one of the things that I think um, could be a good example of that is this whole idea of, um, I'll give a, a use case that we've seen, where we actually were primarily talking to the IT department with a development mindset. And they were looking to really empower their, they call them citizen developers, which is a buzzword that like Gartner and others use. But in reality, they're not developers. They're business users that are going to create, whether that's websites, apps, applications, however you want to think about it. And they wanted to empower their citizen developers to be able to use the platform to build applications and take some of the load off IT, while IT would have like oversight and management of the platform itself. And one of the things that they did, right, like they all fell in love with it, especially with, with the movie and our infrastructure and how we think about, you know, our building blocks. And they, we challenged them to find someone who doesn't know who we are and what we do. So someone in your organization that would be a user of the platform, bring them in, give them a laptop, give them very little instruction, except that they need to build an app, build an app with some high level guidance on like what it needs to do and see what they can do in 30 minutes. And what's really powerful about that is one, you can, but more importantly, it shows like both the business and IT that this is possible now. And I think that's one of the things that I've seen start to change the most over the last like three years that I've been at Limavate too, is, you know, I remember when I first started, I'd say to people, you know, you're going to be able to build a, a mobile app in a matter of hours. You're going to be able to launch it, make updates to it. You're not going to have to deal with the app store and you're not going to need to have a, know a single line of code to do it. It sounds crazy. It really does. If you've ever done anything digital, especially anything mobile related, that sounds absolutely ludicrous. And until you actually see it yourself or until you get to experience it, it sounds too good to be true. And so I think that to me has been like where people really get it is where they can see, okay, IT is going to be really happy because we use things like versioning and we use things like microservices and web components, like all these things that they actually like. And we give them this ability to manage it. But at the same token, we make it really easy for everyone else that doesn't know how to use Limavate, doesn't know how to build a mobile app or how to code to actually do something and be pro highly productive. 
And I think when you see that, that's when people go, okay, this is, this is really possible. And I think the whole movement to low code, no code, just generally in the market is helping with that as well. I like that low code, no code. Yeah. <laughs> as a sum everything up. Um, so flipping gears, um, and we, we, I think we, we talked a lot, we talked a lot about progressive apps and, yeah. and mobile and everything else, but flipping the gear here, um, and more about you in the yeah. sense that, you know, what, I think this part of the episode, I think gives the listeners a chance to see um, success from different angles of like, there's no one path to um, being happy um, in your work and in your life. Um, so my first question is, is um, when you get up in the morning, wh why do you, what inspires you to work, especially with Luma, Lumivate the last three years? I think what it is, is, you know, we have a wonderful team, we have a wonderful product technology, but really what it is, is being able to see the impact that we're having with our customers, being able to help them accelerate initiatives that they've maybe previously tried and have taken years to get off the ground running and we get them up and running in less than six weeks or faster for to be able to see the types of results that they have. And, you know, really kind of developing that we're not just here to sell you a platform, we're here to help you be successful. And we're going to be kind of in the trenches with you figuring that out. If you're not paying attention to analytics about your apps, that's fine, because we are, and we're going to send you recommendations. And we're going to let you know when there's new functionality that comes out for our platform that you could use for free to, to just enhance what you currently offer. And I think that's what gets me excited is being able to truly help businesses accelerate their digital initiatives faster than they thought possible and bringing to them a level of challenge around how they thought about stuff. Um, and that's a lot of the role that I get to play is, you know, really challenging you of why do it this way when you could do it this way? Why think about it in this kind of old mindset when we could think about it and really leapfrog the competition? I always tell people, don't do what your competitors are doing because you're behind. <laughs> do what they haven't thought of yet. And if you can do that, that's when you start to actually have real growth and traction. I like that. So we've been focusing a lot on customers yeah. <laughs> and everything else and your type A personality. It feels like you're a, you're an Enneagram. You're probably a challenger from what I'm hearing or an achiever. Yeah. Um, how do you, how do you de-stress? What do you do as a hobby? Mm -hmm. And also what do you do health wise to kind of um, kind of recharge or, in a, or mm -hmm. also it could be also energize. Um, it could be tandem and what you do for work too. Yeah. Um, I love to cook. So that's like kind of my big thing. Um, a lot of people are often surprised. We, I cook everything from scratch. So like when I cook Thanksgiving dinner, it's for like 30 people and every single thing is from scratch. No one brings anything to my house. That's just how I kind of grew up. And it's kind of what I've known for. So I'm a big holiday hoster. So that's going to be an interesting 2020 situation. We'll see how that goes or if it happens at all. Um, but yeah, so that's what I love to do. My daughter is 14. I have twin 14-year-olds, a son and a daughter. And my daughter and I cook together every night. And I think one of the things that's been really fun with COVID is we're, she's of the age where learning how to use social media appropriately is really important. So we've been filming videos of like all the different recipes and stuff that I do that people say, well, can you send that to me? And I'm like, I don't, I don't write it down. It's like in my head. <laughs> um, we've been filming videos of us cooking together and she's learning how to use like Instagram and Facebook and YouTube to share all that content. Um, but that's been like a fun thing that I do. So that's probably where you can find me honestly is in the kitchen. 
I like it. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, now I've got ideas of you probably start your own like side business with, I mean, making nutritious meals or Thanksgiving mm-hmm. meals now. So, yeah. But uh, Stephanie, thanks for being on the show, sharing about Lumivate, your, your passions with, mob- you know, mobile, progressive web app, you know, history, um, talking a little bit about mobile matters, offline background with different things with, you know, helping customers out of um, literally shortening the length time and making sure that they're ahead of their customer or not ahead of their customers, ahead of their competition, helping their customers, and then revealing a little bit about yourself that, you know, what do you like to do? So I really appreciate you being on this episode. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And to all the Converge coffee drinkers out there, that's a wrap. 